Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show, where I believe business should be fun. Creating, marketing, and mastering your craft is as much about the day-to-day as it is about the big wins and even the epic fails. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things content marketing, digital marketing, a little bit of mindset, and how to just show up by creating an online business and income that fits your lifestyle. What up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Kim Doyle Show, which pretty quickly will henceforth be known as F the Hustle with Kim Doyle. How's that for an announcement? Making an entrance, all the good things I will do. I talked about this in the last episode about the things I'm focusing on and doing, and it just kind of clicked with me that it is time to go all in with F the Hustle. So this will become F the Hustle with Kim Doyle. I'm just sort of finalizing new podcast artwork and the new intro. Got um, some editing happening for me coming soon. It's all kinds of fun stuff. I'm very excited. But let's jump into today's episode, which is the most important thing an entrepreneur needs to master. Master and manage, we're going to use those sort of interchangeably. And I'm going to set the set the scene for you guys. <laughs> I have no concept of the time of year being in Costa Rica in November. It's bizarre to me because it looks like July or August, right? It ranges between 75 and 85 degrees pretty much every day. I think the rain is starting to end, if that makes sense. The rain is starting to end. How's that? The rain is coming to an end. Um, there's a little bit of a breeze today, but blue skies. It's a beautiful day today, and I'm excited about that. And that's also kind of weird because I like fall and cozy and all that good stuff. So we're going to start this episode off with a quote because it is so perfect. It's a quote by Victor Hugo, and it is, nothing is more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And I've probably said that or shared that at some point, but it is powerful. It's really powerful. It speaks very much to having patience, trusting the process, and allowing things to unfold somewhat organically while working towards our goals. So I'm really excited about today's episode because you guys, I truly think it's the most important thing we can master as entrepreneurs, but more importantly as human beings. And I'm going to tell you what it is, but before I do, I want to ask you a favor. Do me a favor. Um, Just keep your mind as open and judgment-free as possible, okay? This is going to go down. Um, I'll, I'm mixing the business stuff here, but it's it's how they work hand in hand. So just bear with me. So stay, keep your mind open. And if this resonates with you, let me know because I'm going to be doing more content like this as it relates to your business. Um, I promise I'm not turning into a self-help guru, even though I wanted to be one. I really did. Um, but <laughs> here we go. So the most important thing an entrepreneur needs to master ready for this? It's very simple. Is their thoughts. I have gone down a huge rabbit hole with this lately for a few reasons. And I'm going to go into a little bit more detail with some of these reasons to give you guys context. Um, But first, this is where it all started. I really needed to start managing my thoughts in my personal life because there were a few things that were sending me sideways. And it it all has to do with relationships. Like my life is good. My life in Costa Rica, my business, my friendships, and the relationships in my life are good. So it's not that, but it's how I was getting pulled in and mixed up in other people's drama. Second, this is probably one of the things I've been most focused on with my coach as I get ready to launch my community. 
So I did a little doodle drawing um, with her where I've got registration goals and I've got founding member goals. And on the bottom of that doodle is thought management, truly making sure that I am staying in a place that will serve me to provide what I'm creating so that I can serve my audience. And lastly, my mentor, and at one, maybe at some point I'll stop saying AKA my therapist, um, has been helping me with this a lot lately. And we did some amazing work uh, last year, which has really led up to this, this time in space now. And, you know, so that's another note I want to make here is that, you know, we all have big goals. Most entrepreneurs do. Um, There are some people that, and this is not a, uh, I'm not negating. You have people that like, look, I want a business. I want to be a, a freelancer so that I can work for myself, but they don't necessarily want to grow and scale. And there's nothing wrong with that, but goals are different, right? I'm talking about how, when we set those goals and we have a process, it's trusting that process. So when I was just mentioning that I did some really amazing work last year, the whole year I was in Boise, I was talking to my therapist once a week, sometimes twice a week, And I had no idea how it was going to lead to this. And so that's where I'm asking you to trust the process sometimes. And it may not be right in front of you in terms of what will serve you the most. And just a side note, I didn't didn't take the um, screen down in my place, which would block the dog from being able to growl or bark at people out the window. So I apologize in advance if she gets a little bit barky. But... um, Trust the process is my point with that story, okay? And you hear over and over again in the entrepreneurial space that your mindset is everything. And it totally is. You just need to know how to get there. So my goal with this episode is twofold. I want you to really buy into the idea that this is truly the best thing you can do for yourself in your business and in your life. And that I'd like to give you some tangible things you can do to start applying this. Because this is a process, not an event, which every time my therapist says that, I want to flip her off just because I wish I could flip a switch. Wouldn't that be great? Okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And we could flip a switch. It doesn't work that way. So keep in mind that this is a practice. And that's where the process, not an event comes into place. And you guys, it still throws me sideways sometimes. I'm like, dang it. I totally thought I had mastered this or I thought I had overcome this or whatever it is. But the truth is it's not. We're all human. We Life is ebb and flow. It's up and down, all of those things. And so now I've really, <laughs> we had, when we were talking last week, we were talking about being dramatic about things. And I'm going to go into another story a little bit later. And I, for the first time, realized I just am a reactive person. The difference between being a reactive person where I'm at in my life today than say 15 years ago, five years ago, um, is I don't respond from that reactive place. I have the reaction, I have the emotions, and I'm much better about sitting on it. You know, I don't become that crazy, angry emailer that's about ready to break my keyboard <clears throat> because I'm typing so hard. You know what I mean? And so, and truly, the it's a process, not an event, naturally annoyed me, right? Because I want to learn something and just know it. And even though I may get pissy about that, I trust it. I trust it all now. And it's made all the difference in the world. All right, so let's get into it. So 
For the longest time, I really thought I was doing a great job of managing my thoughts. And because, you know, I, you guys, I got into self-help and listening to things in terms of, you know, authors and inspirational and motivational stuff. And I would say at the time when I started listening to stuff, it was primarily from the motivational genre versus inspirational, which to me has that spiritual bent to it. Not that they're mutually exclusive. Uh, at the ripe old age of 22, I purchased Tony Robbins' Personal Power, and I progressed through pretty much anything I could get my hands on at the time. And I did purchase the Personal Power cassette tapes, okay? This was all pre-podcast and digital downloads um, from the late night infomercial, and I dug in. And at the time, I was also working in a bookstore chain, and we sold audiobooks. So every now and then I'd splurge. And you guys, for that was a big deal at like 22, 23 years old. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go spend 40 bucks in the late 80s, uh, early 90s on cassette tapes about changing my mindset, right? My friends were just like, you're a nut. Um, but because I had purchased personal power, I would also get the Guthy Ranker, which was the company that produced him. And then Nightingale Conant catalogs. These were paper catalogs in the mail, you guys. And they were all, you know, Napoleon Hill and Dennis Waitley and Brian Tracy. And um, it's interesting because as I was writing this, this post for the podcast episode, I realized like 99% of what I listened to were male authors. And so it was most of it was had the lean towards goal setting, motivation, sales, and productivity. So including that like Zig Ziglar and stuff. And I'm telling you, they got me through a whole bunch of commuting. It was fantastic. And all of that was fine, but it always felt like something was missing. And then I discovered Dr. Wayne Dyer. And if you're not familiar with him, he's a New York Times bestselling author of over 40 books. Uh, he has been called the father of motivation, and he had an academic career in private counseling practice before he wrote his first book, which, you know, I remember listening to um, one of his audios, one of his books on tape, and he told the story about the first time he got booked on The Tonight Show. I think it got canceled and rescheduled, but he was literally driving to book signings with boxes of books in his car. And I mean, talk about, you know, the original hustle, but when I first started reading and listening to him, most of his work was definitely in the self-help genre. But as his career progressed, he moved more and more into spirituality. And from there, it felt like, ah, this is what I've been missing. And it's interesting because I, when I think about, when I look at just having been a consumer of his content and love, love his work, when I think about entrepreneurs online and brands and whatnot, I find myself when there's somebody that I've been following or listening or reading or whatever, subscribing to, I love that trajectory of growth that to get to see Wayne Dyer shift his own journey and his own path and step more into what was right for him. And I find when I stop subscribing or listening or reading a specific entrepreneur, it's because it's the same message over and over and over. And I'm not saying one is right or wrong for me because I like to grow and change and learn. And, and again, I'm not saying these are all mutually exclusive, but it, it's, tr it's truly one of those things that it's, it's fascinating to see. And in a way I felt like it gave me permission to continue pivoting. And God, I read an article the other day that was talking about, you know, it's actually super common to pivot in business 
So when people are still talking about the exact same thing they've been talking about for so many years, you know, you kind of like, okay, been there, done that. And so, and again, when you stop listening or reading, you don't know if they've changed. So there's that too. I can own that. Anyways, so I really felt like when I found Wayne Dyer, it was like this magical combination um, of anything is possible, but be gentle at the same time. And on a subconscious level, maybe this is where F the Hustle was really born. And so from there, I consumed everything I could of his. I was fortunate enough to see him live in San Francisco. He did pass away five years ago. Yeah. I I literally cried, you guys, when he died. It made me so sad. Um, But I passed away. I got to see him in the city a few times. And he he loved San Francisco, was a great supporter of public television. And one of the times I got to see him was so amazing. And I forget the name of the hotel. It's in Union Square. But I stood in line to tell him how much this was a year after my husband had passed away. And I stood in line and I just said, you know, your work has gotten me through this hardest year of losing my husband. And he hugged me and he said, he's still with you. And you know that, and uh, just totally a treasure that man. And on many levels, I would say he was my first mentor, but looking back, I don't think I could have even begun to comprehend that I wasn't managing my thoughts because of all this stuff I was putting into my mind, right? And so it is so true when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I also don't think I would have been ready to grasp this concept at the time. Well, obviously I wasn't because I didn't, right? But it wasn't until I made a conscious decision to not be a victim in my life and start taking complete responsibility, which is also a process, not saying that that's a a switch or that I always manage that either, but that I started getting that I could change my thoughts by changing my life. And I believe one of Wayne Dyer's books is change your thoughts, change your life. It was kind of like, I don't know, you guys, it's like getting the keys to this kingdom of, oh my God, if I do this, then this, you know, it's that if this and that kind of scenario, which we get with apps and everything, but to understand that we could start creating better automations on our own brain. This is all popping into my head as I'm doing this, this is off script and I'm kind of liking it. But here's how I realized it was time to manage my thoughts. So moving to Costa Rica sort of forced me to realize that it was time to start making the management of my thoughts a priority. Sorry, I'm enjoying a pumpkin spice latte. My therapist brought me back some of the Via packets and it's delightful. I am thoroughly enjoying this. Um, So moving here really made me sort of open my eyes to that. I mentioned earlier that there were a couple of personal situations that were setting me sideways. One had to do with a couple of family members and one had to do with a friend. The situation with the family members had nothing to do with me other than I was kind of stuck in the middle. No matter how many times I thought I had made it clear that I didn't want to be involved, there was nothing I could do. And I didn't want to discuss it. it. It still kept showing and rearing its ugly head. And boundaries have also been a big lesson for me this year as well. The situation with the friend was definitely less of an issue as it was a newer friendship and wasn't something that needed the time and energy I was giving it. And honestly, neither did the familial issue. But it's a lot easier to set boundaries with people you don't know very well, or you don't have that much history with. It's like, okay, but even then, you guys, I was working myself up. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. So when my mentor got back to Costa Rica, we had a session in person and it was extremely difficult. And this was about the family situation. And I was super hesitant um, 
to do it. And, but my desire to move beyond it was greater than the discomfort and heartache of doing the work at the time. And at one point I even said, I don't want to do this today. And I don't think I've ever said that, but I was already crying. So I'm like, well, let's just keep going. (laughs) You got to imagine how fun it is to work with me. Right. But as exhausting as it was, I went home, I handled the calls I had scheduled. And then I climbed into bed later that afternoon. And so this is where the magic happened. I was laying there and I had, I had had one more call and I canceled it. It wasn't, uh, it was a very easily easy to schedule call. Not that I have to justify that, but I just did. Um, but I was, I was messaging with a friend on Voxer. And so when she was talking, I just was crying. It was like I had been holding in this emotion from the morning. And so I just let myself have the tears and the emotions that were coming up. But I did not allow myself to look for stories or reasons to support the sadness. So think about this. If you're upset with somebody or they've said something, how many times do you go to other times they've pissed you off or offended you or bothered you or said things that triggered something? And so I know I'm not the only one here, but so when we do that, we're keeping ourselves stuck in that. And so I just was like, you're not going to do this. Just, just feel sad. Just feel sad. Just cry. Just close your eyes. Like just relax about this. And I, I put all of my energy into letting myself cry and simply feel sad. There were no stories, no commentary. There was no judgment. I wasn't deciding it was right or wrong or good or bad. I, I wasn't assigning anything to the feelings other than I feel sad I feel like crying. I'm going to let myself do this. As small as it might seem, it was probably one of the most profound experiences I've had. It was literally at that moment that I realized I can manage my thoughts. So fast forward 24 hours and I felt like a different friggin' person. I I literally was, I, I was floored. I was so floored. The fact that I had made a conscious decision not to feed the sadness or look for stories that would perpetuate how I was feeling felt like such a victory. And I did this one other time, but it was more like friggin' knock it off. And I didn't say friggin', <laughs> but because I found myself doing that. And I was like, you are not going to do this. Right. So now to be able to be gentle about it and not come from anger is a much easier emotion for me. And so to not come from that place, it was just like, I did it, <laughs> you know? And so here's how this can show up in your business. Over the last five months, I have been working on the foundation for the upcoming F the Hustle Insiders community. I know it's a total mouthful, but hey-ho, it is what it is. Um, And I've been doing deep work with my coach on that. Since I started my business back in 2008, I've gone back and forth multiple times on having a community. Mind you, I've got a Facebook group of over 9,000 people, so go figure with that one. But We won't talk about Facebook groups today because I just wonder why at this point. Anyway, so circling back to the quote that I started this podcast with, nothing is more powerful than an idea whose time has come. For me with the community, it's time. And so prior to this, I wasn't ready or prepared to give a community what it takes to grow something for the long term. Not that I wasn't interested in the long term of my business. I simply wasn't clear. 
And there was nothing that I loved or felt in alignment with that really resonated with me because creating a community is a commitment. It's a commitment to show up for other people, to be consistent. And anytime you pull a bunch of people together, you've got personalities and people are going to people, right? <laughs> They're going to be people. Somebody will probably want something more, less. This isn't what I expected. I, it's just going to, it's whatever. It's going to happen. But this is where thought management comes in. As I've been working on the foundational content for this community, I started in a direction that may seem counterintuitive, but is absolutely necessary. Hold on, a little coffee here. And it was, this was all, I have a brilliant coach and maybe we'll do an interview with her later, but I've created these success stages. So it's kind of like, um, it mirrors the hero's journey which you can Google a bunch of examples of the hero's journey if you're not familiar with it. But the best part is that it ties directly with what you're doing in your business. So you want to think strategy and tactics and the work you can actually see with where you're at mentally and emotionally with what you're experiencing, right? Like I've accepted this fact, like picture, I've got my hands in front of me spread out like the number five integrating them, right? Like if you're clasping your hands together, you've got mindset, and thought mastery and emotions and all of that. On one hand, you've got your business on the other. They're not, you, you can't separate them. And honestly, maybe men have a much easier time of doing this. I know as a woman, it's, it's not as easy. So that's really what I wanted to integrate with this community. It's going to include both. And so here are two examples and two of my favorite newly coined terms for After Hustle Insiders. Number one is false priorities. Kind of says it all, doesn't it? False priorities are when you decide to create busy work or do something that even though it contributes to your business, maybe you're going to map out an offer, you create a new to-do list, you're finally going to log into a course you purchased, you're testing a new tool or software you bought last month, responding to emails, whatever. But it's not a priority. You're doing that as a distraction. And after I shared this term in an email last week, a friend messaged me on Facebook and said, the false priorities one, LOL, have you been spying on me? Ha ha. And where can I buy some entrepreneurial adulting? So that's the second term. But the false priorities, you guys, at the end of the day, you need an audience who connects and resonates with your message and what you do. You need an offer that solves their problem. And you need to make sales. That's business, right? And I know that's super simplified. But Unless you can tell me that you're getting all of your traffic and all of your leads, say, from Instagram, you don't need to spend as much time on Instagram, probably, as an example, if you're not making the offer, if you're not selling. So false priorities are anything that takes you away from the work that is right in front of you that needs to be done today. And sometimes those are tasks that just need to be taken care of, and they're not necessarily you know, going to move you to a financial goal, but they need to be addressed which is where entrepreneurial adulting comes in. Do the work. <laughs> you guys, that is entrepreneurial adulting. Do the work. As much as I love my business, there are plenty of tasks I'm not fond of doing and a lot less than there used to be, but I do them anyway because it needs to be done. Do I procrastinate at times? Of course. But I also know that every single time I take care of the things that are in front of me that need to be done, I feel 100% better. So instead of avoiding things, I manage the thoughts I have about doing them. 
you know, and honestly, you guys, 99.9% of the time, I have simply made a mountain out of a molehill in my head, right? So just do them. Spend less time comparing, scrolling, planning, plotting. Okay, so the same friend who sent me the false priorities one, LOL, have you been spying on me? <laughs> this is the this sums it up, you guys. She said, I've spent the week making to-do lists rather than doing the to-dos. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? I mean, it sums it up pretty well, I think. So where do you start? How do you start with managing your thoughts? The first and most important thing you can do to start managing your thoughts is to take complete and total responsibility for them all. And here's this, this lesson was really hard for me to get. And so I always took offense. (laughs) I should not send this episode to my mentor, but I, I would take offense when, when she would tell me to take responsibility for things. And it was because I really took it that, you know, it was right or wrong or good or bad. And, but taking responsibility is not about assigning blame. It simply is. It's acknowledgement. And it's also the path to freedom because how easy is it to keep berating yourself, others, you know, um, or judging yourself or arguing when, you know, nobody can keep that up when you go, that was me, totally my fault, moving on. Or not fault because I just talked about not taking, assigning blame. But, you know, it's, you can't keep going with, okay, I did that. I don't feel good about doing that how can I do this differently? Like it totally removes the charge. It removes that fuel that you keep pouring on the fire. So the next logical step in that process is to ask yourself, now what? This is a tough one. You need to sit with those feelings. I did this. And first of all, you'll realize, okay, I took responsibility. I accepted my role in this whether it's with somebody or something you let slip through the cracks, you didn't get something done in time, you didn't follow through, whatever it is, right? Just sit with it. And you realize, okay, the world, you know, the world didn't fall apart. The sky's not falling in chicken little. And if you don't know that phrase, I'm sorry, it's an old (laughs) American, I think it was a book. The sky is falling chicken little. Anyways, you don't, you don't sit with thoughts and stories. You literally just sit with the feelings and bring yourself back to wherever you are and focus on how you're feeling. Sad, mad, offended, disappointed, whatever. Just be with it. Just be with the feelings. And watch. This is where I, I get really excited. So the next piece of this is to start choosing awareness. I literally, the first time my therapist said that to me, I typed, I typed it or drew it or did something. But I put choose awareness. And I just taped it to my monitor. And so I saw it every day. And I mean, a long time ago, you guys, like we're talking probably 10 years ago, at least some, some lessons take a while to sink in. And I'm being funny about that. And there were plenty of times where I've said, God, I wish I had grasped this sooner, but it takes what it takes, right? You are where you are. As soon as you decide to choose awareness, you start feeling like an observer in your own life, which is incredibly powerful. When you pay attention to what you're thinking and how you're feeling, you start to realize you can choose other thoughts. And again, another process, not an event. And I did this exercise. I'm sure I I shared this in another podcast episode, and this is going to be part of F the Hustle community, um, is the what if exercise. If you're going to do what if scenarios, what if it could be fun? What What if this does work? 
What if I'm doing exactly what my audience needs? And because that is no more real or false than what if I fail? They are equally as possible, right? So this is where you connect the dots that taking responsibility for how you think and feel is actually about complete and total freedom because it's a bell you cannot unring. Once you start looking at the world through this lens and you step into this way of thinking and being, it simply doesn't feel right in your body to do other work otherwise, right? So one last final thought on this, you know, is truly own who you are. So this is where I was talking about um, my last session with my mentor. We were talking about dramatizing thoughts in our own minds because we really, tr- we create our own anxiety. And I'm not talking about, I'm sure there is anxiety. Actually, I don't know. I don't know enough about anxiety. I'm not going to talk on it, but I'm just talking about sort of um, that anxiousness we get about things and not living with anxiety, if that makes sense. Um, but she shared a story with me about how a mentor of hers told her to be as dramatic as she could about a specific situation. And so she did. <laughs> and I said, she gave what may have been an Oscar-worthy performance. It sounds hysterical because I can't picture this. But afterward, she was able to laugh it off. And even though she still had some anxiety, it was normal sort of pre-performance jitters as opposed to feeling debilitating and thinking, how can I get out of this? How can I get out of this? And so after I shared this with um, a friend of mine, we decided we're going to hold drama class. Whenever we start spinning about something that hasn't even happened, it's like, okay, let's let's turn turn the gas up on the drama and, and see what happens. Because you're going to start feeling silly. At least I would. So, you know, you guys, we have access to information 24-7. And this ability to see what other people are doing or worse, what we, how we think they're doing, it is way too easy to let our minds and egos take over. We live in a world of highlight reels, and it can be exhausting. I had a mastermind call this morning with a group of women that I'm in a mastermind with. And we were talking about this. And I think there's a couple opportunities. I mentioned earlier that this has been um, a big year of boundaries for me. And I would say specifically from the time I left Boise, because it's so much, I don't know. It's it's so much easier to have boundaries when you live alone, but just in this move and relationships and family and just a lot going on, um, you know, boundaries have been really big for me. What has been eye opening for me this year with boundaries is learning to set boundaries within myself. Meaning, when I start to go to that comparisonitis, right, or I'm I'm looking at these highlight reels of everybody living their best life. I I start doubting myself, you guys, and I've got either a podcast or a post coming about how hustle porn, excuse me, lifestyle porn is just as detrimental to hustle porn. I feel this, you know, I catch myself feeling this um, pressure. You're in Costa Rica, you should be posting and doing video and showing this amazing life you've created for yourself. And it is. I love my life down here, but you guys have work. <laughs> like I like going, to, I like getting to my desk. I like doing, I love my business. I love creating. I love marketing. I love all of this stuff and I've got big goals and I, so it's fine. So what I have to do is set the boundaries for myself to not look at people, read things, get off my path of things that'll send me sideways until that 
until that is anchored more in my body, if that makes sense. So the only thing that you need to do is what is right for you. That's it. You know, I promise you that the more you step into what feels right for you and you choose to start managing your thoughts, the freer you're going to be. And I absolutely believe that your business will soar because of it. So, wow. This, you know, what's so funny, you guys. I'm sitting here. Most of my solo shows are more like an hour. This one, wow. It's like half the time. Same amount of words, though. Interesting. Interesting. If I went too quick on this, probably a lot less off script. I want to close with a couple suggestions and I've shared this in emails as well. If this type of content really uh, resonates with you and you like, you're interested in the man, the thought management piece, you know, Dr. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I almost said Wayne Dyer again, uh, Joe Dispenza, there's tons on YouTube, you know, Lewis house has had him on a couple times and they've got two and three hour, um, interviews, Tom Bilyeu, Ed Milet. I think we need, I need to look and see if he's on any female podcast episodes. Hmm. Food for thought. Anyways, he's brilliant and he's got an amazing story and I'll just give you a quick synopsis if you're not familiar, but he was a chiropractor in La Jolla, California, I think, and was out, um, on a, he was a bicyclist also, and he was hit by a car and they thought he wasn't going to walk again. And he ended up in, and bear with me, this is all off the cuff. This is not even in the show notes. But he ended up, um, I want to say he was like in traction, but like face down. And they wanted to operate. And he said no, that he was going to heal his body with his mind. And he said it was really hard for, because he was like that for, I don't know, six weeks or something. And he said, you know, the first four weeks, because if they operated, there was a chance he would never be able to walk again. And he said no. And he, I think the first four weeks he did it, he was still angry and he had a really hard time. Again, his story from his mouth is much more (laughs) compelling. But then he started visualizing. He really started as, as a chiropractor, he knew the body, the bones inside and out. He started picturing and he was literally explains how he went through each vertebrae and putting everything back together. And he's healthy and walking and all of those things today. And he had made a promise to himself that if he could heal himself, he was going to commit the rest of his life to, to neuroscience and understanding the connection between the brain and the body. And so a big piece of this is the thought management, because if you're going to spend time and energy thinking things, why not think about what you can create as opposed to he really, he really addresses the you're thinking about the past, you know, you're not present and we've, we've all been there anyways. He's fantastic. There's, you can find him anywhere online. Um, it's amazing. They have amazing case studies of people have healed their bodies and had all of these quote unquote miracles right through all of this. And it's, I'm telling you guys, when you, when you do this, like what I said before that it's kind of like getting the keys to a kingdom, all of a sudden you realize you can, you can move through your life differently. And whatever it is you want to create online with your business, it's up to you. It, it's totally up to you. There's always going to be circumstances. There's always going to be challenges. The older I get, the more I've just accepted that's just life. None of us, none of us get out of this unscathed. We lose people we love. People get sick. We have challenges. We have heartbreak. It's part of life. The flip side of that, you know, where I was mentioning 
that I'm a very reactive person. It's the first time I have kind of claimed that proudly because just as I can react from a frustrated, angry, annoyed place, whatever it is, I also react equally from a place of joy and excitement and enthusiasm. And that's what makes me me. Anyways, guys, I love you tons. Thanks as always for listening. I'm hoping the next episode will have the new intro, F the Hustle with Kim Doyle. And if you've not left a review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to it, that would be fantastic. And as always, I will catch you next time.